the only podcast that chooses you, Pikachu. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Welcome to the Exclamation Mark Podcast, the only podcast that chooses you, Pikachu. I am Crofton Steers, the Pikachu of this podcast, and with me, as is with me every week, is the Magikarp of this podcast. I'm talking about Bo Schwartz. What is a Magikarp? That sounds bad. Magikarp is the fish that flops on the ground and stuff. One of the ten lamest Pokemon. Oh, well, thanks for that. I assume, <laughs> I assume Pikachu is one of the other ten lamest Pokemon. Pikachu is amazing. Here, <laughs> okay. Bo, true story. Yeah. I worked for Nintendo. It's true. This was back in my youth, and I, I was young and innocent. I worked. Oh, wow, you at, never tell anyone ever about that. I tell everyone. And... Uh, and uh, during the, my time with Nintendo, this is the Nintendo 64 Game Boy Advanced era, uh-huh. and Pokemon was the shit. And uh, I I had to dress in a Pikachu costume no uh, to entertain the children. No way. So you were quite literally a Pikachu? I was. I was. All right. And I was in an amusement park dressed up as a Pikachu, and... Um, uh, let's just say there's some 15 year old kids that would have some seasons passes to this amusement park, so, and those so, kids enjoyed humping Pikachu. <laughs> really? So I have a question: um, Who had to dress up as Magikarp? And no, but how no, boring but was it to have Magikarp is lame? Yeah, like how boring was it to have nobody interested in coming to see you as the Magikarp, but no oh, one dressed no. up as it? Okay, I was trying to make oh. a slam on the poor guy who, you know, there's no, a guy out there who had to dress up as Magikarp and nobody cared. There's honestly like there's that costume costs enough money that they're just going to shell out for Pikachu, obviously. Uh, and uh, it's funny because it's one of those costumes that was like a giant barrel almost. Like I had I controlled the arms with these two little handles inside the giant barrel, and my legs I had to put on separately. Uh, like these sort of stockings with giant novelty feet. So it's not one of those mascots that can move around and do all these things. It was very limited in its mobility. And so it had to have two bodyguards. And luckily, I eventually moved to being a bodyguard and not to be Pikachu because I was too tall. You could see my leg a little bit between the barrel and my my stocking. Wait, you, so, got, you moved up to be a bodyguard? A Pikachu bodyguard. So when those 15-year-old bastards would come and try to hunt Pikachu, I could cut their season passes. What? Did that really happen? Oh, yeah. So so wait a second. Who was trying to hunt Pikachu? Like, so there's like, some Give me the parents. demographic. Parents? No, there's some parents who, yeah. instead of paying for daycare or whatever summer camp for their kids, buy, bought them a, an amusement park season pass, which was like 150 bucks. And they would go literally every day during the summer. Oh, my. And, and so after doing the roller coasters one day or something like that, they they look for fun. And, you know, part of that is harassing mascots. But, but okay, so it was more like Joe humping, like trying to make you, like sexually harassing you. Yes. It wasn't because they were trying to Mates are with you. Pikachu? 
Yeah, like they weren't. <clears throat> you know, no. this was all just. This was yeah, man. And they would they would try to kick Pikachu as well. Poor Pikachu. So they don't doesn't sound like they're very respectful towards Pikachu. No, but you must have had people who legit liked the Pikachu, right? It oh, can all be oh, jerks. The children. Oh man, Bo. When I would go to like the children's area of the park dressed as Pikachu, I swear kids were like crying tears of happiness. <laughs> no they wonder. So no excited. wonder you have a strong sense of self. I would be like I would feel very kids. important. I would feel like my role in the world was very important too. Oh if my god. Kids came crying to me going like, Oh my god. And the I love you, Pikachu was the amusement park had an official mascot and yeah. he was like a clown type dude and he he had lots of mobility like it was more of a traditional mascot he could bounce around and do all sorts of stuff pikachu could do nothing but i would walk in and nobody gave a shit about him they'd be like <laughs> screw you clown dude pikachu so oh did that guy God. end up getting you fired is that what happened no no oh. no no he would just cry sad clown tears is he still um, doing that, that guy? Or is it another I, kid? Oh, I'm assuming so. That seems like a career move. All um, right. Well, um, speaking of career moves, you're listening to the Exclamation Mark Podcast, the ultimate career move for Crofton and I. Not really, but still we love doing it. It's um, true. We got a We're here show. to talk video games as we do every week. P- Pokemon is the flavor uh, of the week and perhaps longer. We will talk for sure about the f- – um, what is it? The obsession that's sweeping the world in uh, the Pokemon Go mobile game. But as you know, we're going to tease you a little bit. We're not just going to give it to you. We're no. going to get there eventually. We're going to make but you read the EULA first. That's right. And then if you got to click that agree box and then anyway, it's going to be annoying for you. But just bear with us. Before we get into any of that, though, Bo, let us get into the news of the week in a segment we call readme.txt. Readme.txt. Yep, you heard Crofton right. It's that segment where we talk about stuff in the headlines that matters to us. Crofton, there's kind of very few things that matter, but the things that did matter were pretty epic. I feel like this was a big week for video games in the public sphere, like outside of the normal gamer demographic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people got into a lot of stuff this week. Um so, uh, like, we talked about Pokemon Go, and we don't want to talk too much uh, about it, but we're in Canada, so it literally just officially launched yesterday. And and to say that it's a phenomenon is, like, downplaying the extent in which people are into it. Like, it is, it is ridiculously uh, – it has more simultaneous users than Twitch uh, um, – than Twitter even – uh, and uh, it's just yeah, something it's just, something more active daily logons than Google Maps itself, even though it uses Google Maps. It's insane. I mean, it is it is insane. So like uh, uh, I was really hoping to be able to try it before we did the show. And luckily I have now I've had a good I have a day of it uh, behind my belt. And uh, we, we can uh, talk about that a little later. But we're not ignoring Pokemon Go. Uh, it's been everywhere, every sort of pr- from the pages of Reddit to the pages of CNN, like people talking about 
you know, um, individuals finding bodies in the woods while they're playing Pokemon Go or or calls for people to drop lures at children's hospitals, which is less creepy than it sounds. Um, all sorts of stuff. So right. well, it's, they, uh, Yeah, because they can't get out of their beds. That's why you put a lure there so they can get the Pokemon. Not the, so you can lure children? It's not a lure for... bastard. <laughs> all right. Um, okay, we're going to talk about that, I think, later in the dialogue tree. We're going we're gonna to put our bibs on. And we're going to eat the big steak that is Pokemon Go. But first, Nintendo played with my heart this week. Lo and behold, Nintendo Classic. A little tiny sized NES that they're talking about launching. And I saw that and went, that's cool. You know, from all these re-releases of old crap, the NES in particular, I owned one at a very formative stage in my childhood where I looked at that and went, oh yeah, and and I so I was excited to hear about it. I think it comes with a controller, and it's going to be about eighty dollars US to buy the thing. It's tiny, hooks I, right up sixty dollars. Oh, it could be. It might be. It's going to be inexpensive. Is the bottom line. Um, there's some bad news with it, but first, before we get to that, what did you think about this Nintendo Classic announcement? I went through like an uh, emotional range with regards to it where I first started by not caring and was like, well, you know, there's virtual. I have Super Nintendo on my uh, Super Nintendo, Super Metroid on my 3DS right now. I have like um, uh, Super Mario uh, Brothers 3 on my my 3DS. If you have a Wii U or a Wii, like the virtual console has been a thing for ages. There's emulators online. There are literally web browsers that you can go to and and play any Nintendo game, NES game or whatever. I I used to have one bookmarked at work and I was like, oh, I can just go and play whatever. Mm. So – all of that, I, my original reaction was a bit of a shrug, but I kind of got like – people kept talking to me about it. They wanted to know what I thought and I started looking at it again and my enthusiasm started ramping up a bit because you and I talked about game preservation on this show before. And, yeah. and Nintendo manufactures nostalgia and in the week of Pokemon Go and this, you see what their their, their stock is up a crazy amount. So I, I guess I'm I'm now tentatively excited, and I'm legit thinking about I'm legit thinking about getting one. Um, also, if you look at the individual prices of all these games, how many games have come loaded with like thirty games? So thirty. 30 if you bought those on, on the, the the Nintendo Store, they'd probably be like at least five bucks a shot, and and so. I mean, it's you're getting a good deal in terms of in terms of games as well. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I I'm tentatively. It's a novelty item. It's clearly going to be a bunch of people are going to impulse buy it in stores, and it caters to our demographic. I can't see kids being too interested in it. Right. Well, okay. So all that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Here's some of the games that are in there that are great. Kid Icarus, like the first Super NES game that I fell in love with and played it. NES. Of. NES, sorry, not Super NES, NES. Love Kid Icarus. It's got the original Final Fantasy. A lot of hours played that. Mega Man 2, the ultimate Mega Man in my opinion. Ninja Gaiden, love that game. Metroid, Super Punch-Out, or not Super, just regular Punch-Out. It says here featuring Mr. Dream. Star Tropics. Mike Tyson thing is, anyway. Star Tropics. Star Tropics. Super C, the three Mario, first three Mario, Super Mario Brothers. I mean, the two Legend of Zeldas, two Castlevanias. Like, there's a lot of... 
It's not fluff software. These are good classic hits. Kirby's Adventure, if that's something you like. But here is the one kick in the pants for me. I saw it and assumed I might be able to go cartridge hunting. And I thought, oh, damn. Maybe I can find Rygar. <laughs> Maybe I can find, um, what else? Like TMNT, I don't think is on here. There was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. That's brutally hard. Yeah, it is brutally hard. And you know what, though? This game will not accept cartridges. But I made that assumption for like a full 24 hours without fully reading the articles. And then I came to it and it was like, oh, it's only 30 games. They're like, the Nest catalog is way bigger than 30 games. And that sort of put a damper on my fun. Uh, did that bother you at all? I think in a way it's a missed opportunity. But in a way it's like... It's like they're trying to sell this this almost novelty nostalgia item and they don't want to undercut their other other businesses like they're you know you've got these these virtual consoles and they're going to continue until the end of time to pump out games on these things and there's talks about a Nintendo passport that's going to carry all these things with you anyway like Nintendo has been trying different things so yeah it, it's kind of it's kind of annoying but it's still like what are you getting for that price, you're getting a, a a system or that plays a bunch of games that aren't just made by Nintendo. Like this, you know, there's Square games. There's like Capcom games. Like they did licensing agreements to be able to put this out, which is cool. All the games in there. Is it worth the money that you're paying for? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Those games, everything about it is is cool, and you'll even get to play it in the way it's meant to be played, as opposed to playing it in your browser, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. However, however. Um, and this is this is where you have to like take a step back and think. And I say this to you, Bo, because I know how you are with the, buying things. Mm-hmm. If you all those games you mentioned are cool and good and stuff yeah. like that, I can play all of those games right now in one way or another. If I really wanted to, I could play those games. I could either buy them for a couple of bucks off the virtual console. Maybe I play I emulate them. I could do all, all these things. I'm not doing that right now, and. If I had those games, if I had this novelty NES, would I not be playing Overwatch? Would I be playing this instead? Would I connect it and be like, oh, Final Fantasy 1, I'm going to replay all of Final Fantasy 1 on original Nintendo, or am I going to play Final Fantasy 15 later this year? Like, the odds are it's going to scratch a nostalgia itch, but you're not really going to be in for the long haul. If you're the type of gamer that's going to play these games through because there are a couple i could see like mario brothers you know i could always see destin those off and playing through them but even that like super mario makers being out i don't know i just feel like it's a novelty thing i will say this this. my mom a big fan of the show this show and good bad or bullshit no surprise there my mom hi Bo's mom she loves dr mario and um glaring omission too she loves bomberman which which i mean it's not an omission because maybe it's not the top game or whatever but she loves dr mario this might be worth it alone to have dr mario with a classic controller all set up nicely um I, so there might be some of some the more casual gamer because you're right if i really wanted to seek out these games i could get them these the, through i mean through legit means like the nintendo store through emulators available places you can enjoy the classics you can also there's used game stores where you can still find the stuff like on ebay and kijiji and and even probably amazon so you can obtain 
this stuff if you really wanted to go after it. I, I would say two things, though, is one, if it was a Super Nintendo with like 30 amazing Super Nintendo games, I would be all over it, no questions asked. So part of it is that I'm more of that Super Nintendo generation, and, and I feel the games of that generation are a little bit meatier than the games of the Nintendo, of the original Nintendo uh, generation. And the other thing that I would say is that like I have a kid now and she's going to get to be um, an age where like, you know, some parents did this with, with their kids where they said like, Hey, I used to listen to this music growing up and I listened to it on this device or whatever. Let's listen to it together. Or mm. This is the, this is the stuff I did, you know, growing up when I was your age or what have you. And a lot of that is, is difficult to replicate even on the music front. But this is we're the first generation, and I've talked about us being the first gamer generation before, but but like to replicate the experiences that we had as kids for our kids, to share them with our kids, it's increasingly complicated or or difficult. Nintendo's one of the better preserved um systems like i played all those sierra ga- games like space quest mixed up mother goose all those things you can find them online but even getting them to be compatible with with existing systems or the optimal way to play them is not self-evident but now nintendo has just make it made it easier to have pretty much a one-for-one uh you know aside from blowing into the cartridges a one-for-one um, uh, experience similar to what we had as kids that mm-hmm. I'll be able to share with my kids. So I do like that that option is out there. Um, it's just I'm, I'm not going to be lining up day one to fork out 60 bucks for this yeah. thing. Well, anyways, it's better that it's out there than it isn't. This still seems, I think overall to me, like a good like a good deal, a good thing for the right kind of audience. I feel like I'd want to get one for my mom and put it in her house. I'm going to go over. We can play some Sweet Dr. Mario. It, it does seem like a good gift. <laughs> Like yeah. at at the sixty dollar price point, I mean, like getting somebody, you, they open it, they're like, "Oh, this is cool," you know, or whatever. Like, it seems like it, they could make Mad Bank at Christmas. A lot of the appeal is this like Nintendo ass looking Nintendo, and that's that controller that used to make your hands sore when you play them for too long, <laughs> as I as I was wont to do. But totally, uh, will it, it'll still do that, and you'll be like, "Why the hell yeah. did I play this?" One thing is that it uses the Wii ports or whatever, so that you can connect your Wii controllers or the classic controller you may have. Sure, and, and it would be much more ergonomic uh, as well if that's the option you want to go with. All right, All right. well, uh, moving right along. Also, the, another thing that came out, which I thought was funny, because we on the show here have talked about PewDiePie. I don't know if you're supposed to say his name that way. I just do because reasons um it, so apparently warner brothers was out promoting its game shadows over mordor which crofton says is a really good game i don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show it might have been it might have predated the show because we were hanging out talking about shadows over mordor and saying hey why don't we just record our conversations and make a podcast out of it but um apparently uh, FTC had ruled, it's ruled, I'm not sure what the right word is, but they've determined that Warner Brother Games improperly disclosed that it disclosed that it paid streamers and YouTubers to play Shadow of Mordor and put it in a positive light while not thoroughly disclosing the nature of the paid advertising. Meaning you watch a Let's Play, you see PewDiePie playing the game going like, you know what guys, it keeps pretty sweet, it's worth picking up. But you know what? Some money changed hands from the developers or the owners of the property to this YouTuber. And we live in an age now where so many, especially young people and me, (laughs) 
being one a man child um tend to watch these streams and tend you don't notice you don't know you don't know everyone swears up and down they're impartial but really just people and um anyways this sort of looks like it's an act like it's not surprising but what's surprising is the na- the pewdiepie got his name mentioned and i read an interview saying like oh people just want to focus on me because i'm the popular one but that's like the point <laughs> it's like well yeah <laughs> duh so um i don't know if this affects you too much crofton but well you're it's raising gwen when... and i want you maybe to be careful about streamers she's going to choose to watch in the future it's, it's funny because like i have to kind of take shadow of mordor out of this equation because here's the deal it's like if that game, if if replace that name with a game that I thought was shitty or a game that I didn't like or a game that I thought was overhyped, and I would have a much more visceral reaction to this. I feel that part of they're getting off light partly due to the fact that the game being mentioned here is a game that is legit. It would stand in on its own merits. Right. Um, they they definitely don't need to go out paying uh, streamers and YouTubers to sort of plug it. I feel like that they would do that by themselves. I also should point out at this point, realizing the hypocrisy of what I just said, that I am not getting paid by WB Games to say that Shadow of Mordor is awesome. I actually enjoy that game a lot. Again, they did not pay me. However, if they want to, they can. Mm-hmm. Um, I will take retroactive payments from them. Um, the the thing is, is that it, it is it, it behooves these personalities to disclose uh, to disclose these transactions because they're they're damaging they're damaging their reputation, and I think some of them are doing it out of pure ignorance like that are just it's still the wild west with regards to streaming and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. i get that but then there's some of them that should know better and now everybody should know better um and so i'm I'll, hopefully this will be a change in the future going forward but if we hear about stories like this again like i don't know what sort of regulations i guess there are the ftc um has rules in place. It's like, I, I guess people will start getting charged or fined or something. I don't know, but it's worth doing because it's, it's false advertising. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's an unwritten contract. It, 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 you want to say there's a gamers code because we have our own culture and we're watching each other play video games on the internet, but really anywhere when you act all kind of like, Hey man, I'm your buddy. We like, we are on this podcast. We're like, Hey man, we, we have a small amount of listeners. So, you know, we have no vested interest in in telling you something that we don't honestly feel. So, to, I feel like that would undermine that written con- unwritten contract. Because it's not like we talk about that all the time. So, if you amp it out on a large scale, this is big trouble for these people. And I think it's bullshit. And it makes me concerned uh, for the future of this kind of stuff. I think... Um, you know, I think it's gonna. It's it's really weird, like how this all goes. Because again, you got on the other side of things, you got Nintendo that like want a cut of everything you make. So we're gonna talk a lot about Nintendo on the show. Um, they may want to, you know, I don't know, profit. If we were to show their video game on the stream, which we don't, or on the audio podcast, they would want revenue from it, or you know, go after us. So mm-hmm. like, you've got both extremes where people are. Some companies are protecting their IPs very. Uh, very diligently and then you have some companies saying like no go out there and play it 
and even offering money to people with a lot of viewers to influence things. It's and very little, I think, in the way of actively. I think people like you and me who get popular and have a lot of viewers don't think about a lot of the legal ramifications around the stuff that they do, um, even in this small context. So it's sometimes know. easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. That's the, true. Um, the you know like it's the wild west it's the wild west and some of this is going to get sorted out uh and some of it may unfortunately lead to legal ramifications i because i don't watch streamers and youtubers doesn't bother me as much it it bothers me at a principle more than anything else um so moving moving along bo uh mm-hmm. as as we know uh we were both fans here of the video game overwatch uh bo played it quite a bit in beta and such. I'm playing it quite a bit now. Um, so since it's launched, it, it there's all sorts of discussions about pricing models for Overwatch. Was it going to be a free-to-play game? Was it going to be like a MOBA? You buy the heroes and all this sort of stuff. In the end, they decided to sell a box copy uh, or digital download that, that was more of a traditional price tag for a video game, and and they said it was going to come with uh, a lot of content post release. Well, one of the first big pieces of post release content dropped this week, and it's a new character named Anna uh, in Overwatch. And Bo, do you want to do you want to describe? You're good at describing these characters. What what are you? Yeah. So so I haven't played her yet. She's available on the PTR, but I kind of just I don't know. I don't want to try her on the PTR. I want to try her when she launches. What's PTR? Uh, public test realm. Um, basically, she does this: she can snipe people with her actual sniper rifle, or she can snipe teammates and heal them. And then she has a bunch of crowd control effects. But the biggest takeaway from for me from this character is not the buffs or not the mechanics, but I actually think she looks really cool. They put an old lady in the game. <laughs> she's an old lady, and you know she, she talks like an old lady. She's wise like an old lady. She looks like an old lady. She's got a gray lock of hair, and she looks fabulous. And I think she's cool. The other thing that I saw someone mention on Twitter that I thought was awesome was that there are fair, very few Arabic characters that are perceived of as you know heroes or heroish in the game. And in in certain respects, all the characters in Hero Watch are, are kind of a hero, even if they're fallen. I'm trying to think of one who might be just an outright villain, maybe Reaper. There's so the backstory is still there's still so much left to be filled in. Nobody cares about those backstories. Like, oh no, they do. They do. There's some, there some fans, but I've been playing a lot of Overwatch. Honestly, I could not give a shit. I feel they've done so little work. You aside haven't seen from any like, of the comics. Extra, yeah, but comics are outside the game. Like, there's outside the. That's the whole. That's the whole plan with that game is that all the storytelling is done outside the game, and then there's the game. That's the plan. You can dislike it. I dislike that's it. The, that's the plan. It's a I dislike it. Not if you're releasing game. a product like that, a media product, and you want, like, to make people work outside of the game for that sort of stuff. I mean, like, it's. it's I, I don't. Mess, have, I don't disagree with you. It's good I'm to in have ancillary yeah. content. It's just, I, yeah, I I don't like them. I don't like a lot of of that around it. And and while I like the the look of her character, I think that's cool. I think she is very visually striking. Like as all the characters are in Overwatch, I I, I do feel like there's always these racial stereotypes and all sorts of stuff peppered through it. Like it's you're turning the other cheek, like other cheek as a player, but it's not exactly a sterling example. Taught me to do. 
as it's not a sterling example of like racial sensitivity overwatch you know like sure, like sure. jamaican guy with the dreads on the rollerblades with the music oh turn it up you know I don't, like, I, don't, I, I don't think he's jamaican i think he's like brazilian dude yeah whatever they're all the same oh, right oh that's that's, that's what overwatch racist. tells me um confirmed but anyway racist. just uh it, Overwatch is uh, the, the the idea of an, a new character that's a sniper that's a support sniper. I think is I think is interesting. Like I mean, um, and and they're gonna get they're gonna at one point have a tons of difficulty in in gameplay balance because there's so many powers and abilities with these characters. And I know there are in MOBAs as well, but it just feels like the FPS nature of this is gonna make it even harder to balance a lot of these a lot of these guys. So it'll be interesting to see how the game changes with her introduction. And one of my favorite characters is McCree and feels like he gets tweaked every second day. Um, but, uh, but, but I, you know, like I, I assume they, they'll have done the due diligence necessary to make this, this player, this character work with the, the, the rest of them. I know right off because she's a sniper. I will probably not use her much. I barely use Hanzo or Widowmaker. I just am not very good at aiming. Really? But even if yeah. it comes to healing, you're not that you can't. I mean, if you practice, you don't have to get headshots with her. I think is the deal. I think if I want to heal, I'll, I'll be I'll be Lucio who can just like stand so and heal. I think the deal is that she's like the headshotless sniper, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe. So like, so, and I haven't played it, but is it just the headshots that give you a hard time, or is it the whole the whole aiming deal? The whole aim, like the whole aiming deal. Uh, I mean. We talked a couple of weeks back about, or maybe last time, about Planet Side and and how Overwatch is more like Planet Side One and not like Planet Side Two with the iron sights and stuff. I, I I find like the the increased amount of precision involved, which is very appealing to a lot of hardcore PC mouse and keyboard players, is not. It's something that kind of puts me off because my you know i just i'm just not great even adjusting the sensitivity of my mouse i recognize that's a weakness i prefer playing guys up close like mccree with his his uh, fan the hammer or or even tracer like who gets right in there and it's like you're shooting with multiple bullets really up close uh but but the, those long range precision i see people bow that are amazing like i'll see you know the kill cam i'll see people kill me with hanzo and i am like how did they possibly make that shot um, but and it's impressive. It's annoying, but it's impressive. I, I just don't have that skill, and so eh, this new character doesn't appeal to me based on her being a sniper. But I am really glad to see a new character be put in the game. Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, you know that there'll be more of that. I think the long term plan is you'll never have to buy anything again. You'll just be tempted to buy loot boxes because whenever they add a new thing, then you'll get new loot boxes. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But that's like there'll be new, there'll be new um, stickers or whatever they spray, new sprays, and, new and outfits, this, yeah. new. And this is how this is how like the Blizzard company thinks because as soon as they have to sell you extra content that's essential to play the game, they create a two class system or more in their game. So like if you buy the game, you always have access to the same game everyone else does. Um, but you can totally spend sixty dollars on on getting all those sweet loot boxes, and maybe, maybe you'll get the legendary skin you want. You probably won't. You know, I can't hear you. You press the mute button. The thing Man, about the you skins, you shouldn't be a sound sniper. You wouldn't be very good either. 
you son of a bitch. The things that, the thing about the skins is that in Overwatch you can just you can just buy them directly. You don't need to just keep buying loot boxes. They actually have a price associated with them in like in game currency. Yeah. You just need to, you just need to buy them, you know, or whatever. Yeah, so. you just need to spam the purchase button until you get enough of those. Sweet I, I it's funny because like I have never laid a cent other than the the gameplay cost, like the cost of entry. Mm -hmm. And uh, never have I even been tempted to, because I really like getting a loot box. I'm like, oh, wow, I opened it, you know, like through playing the game. But if I, if I bought the loot boxes, well, that would take away one of the carrots I get for playing the game, and it would make me less inclined to play because I'm like, what am I playing for other than the minute-to-minute -minute excitement? You know, loot boxes is the one thing you play for. It's true. The one thing, and again, I've said it before and I'll say it here, that is frustrating. Is I have to own those open the, the the play of the game openers. I hate when I play a character and then I don't have a sweet intro and all I have to, have to do is see me just stand there and go you know, brush my forehead and I'm like, damn it, why? I want the cool intro. Why are you making me earn that? Anyways, it's because okay. you get so many play of the games, you so, friggin' bastard. And there's an Overwatch. Go check it out. Run, don't walk if you're an Overwatch player. Last but not least, least this is kind of a spoiler. But you've read the notes already, so you're spoiled already. But uh, if you're Thanks, someone Bo. who wants to see Star Wars uh, Rogue One without spoilers, skip ahead, let's say five to ten minutes. Maybe even five. We don't have to spend a long time on this. I just want to get your hype gauge for the fact that Darth Vader will appear in Star Wars. That could mean two seconds. I read a snippet of an article, but James Earl Jones is on board to do voice work for the Vader. Uh, it's not like Vader's going to be the primary villain. I hear it's this other person, which, if you want to remain spoiler-free, I'm pretty sure the Darth Vader thing is going to be like a two-second thing. Which is which makes sense because like this is a story. That, it's called a Star Wars story. It's not it's not an episode, and it takes place. We know the story of Darth Vader. It takes place in between uh, Episode three and Episode four, closer to the beginning of Episode four. And the whole plot is about them stealing the Death Star plans. So, am I surprised that Darth Vader's in it? No, I'd be more surprised if he wasn't in it. And James Earl Jones has already done voice work for the. Um, the Star Wars show Rebels and Darth Vader's being in that. Um, it does not surprise me that he is going to do, uh, he's going to have a cameo in this. And I, But I'm relieved that he's not the main villain because you want to see the villains get their comeuppance and there's no way he can get his comeuppance because we know exactly what happens uh, with him in future films. Like in episode four star starts, he's at the height of his power. So, I mean, it would make no sense um, okay. for, you know, so, uh, uh, it, but that said, like, um, I've said about episode uh, seven, eight, nine that like part of what I found tough was seeing what happened to all my favorite characters over the past thirty years and all this. In this case, I know exactly where Darth Vader's at. Um, you know, if R two and three PO were in this movie, I'm not saying that they are, but if they were, if Chewbacca was in it, or somebody, somebody uh, like that, who they don't have to worry about age. Um, I I would find that cool because in context, you know, they were around at that time. Um, I'm almost more excited for this movie than I was for episode seven, just because it's set during the original trilogy. And uh, I mean, it's, it looked, it's filmed like a war flick and uh, it feels like it's made for more adult star Wars fans, which is what a lot of us are without, I, without the cutesy sort of cartoony elements that all star Wars films have had. And yeah. I, I like that. So I'm looking forward to it. 
All right. Well, me too. I'm excited for the new Star The new Star Wars is off to a great start. I'm excited for the next one. Uh, all right. So I think that concludes all our items in the readme.txt. Crofton, you yes. want to us up for what's next? All right. Well, we've started talking about some of the games we're playing, but let's get into it a little more in a section that we call Games Per Min. You know, I was talking about making kids' minds like vegetables. Talk about them out on the street smoking pot. This is Games Per Minute. How do you feel about cutting his head off? All right. Uh, games Per Minute. We're well, gonna... What you playing? Uh, what, what? Take one guess. Just guess. I'm going to say hot. It, yep, here's the storm. That's all I've been playing. I even got another new game gifted to me from... Uh, well, Scott had an extra code for a game. He sent it my way. What, what uh, was so, the game? Uh, Grow Home, an Ubisoft game, a platformer, a, a procedurally generated platformer by Ubisoft that apparently mm-hmm. actually was critically well-received, so I'm looking forward. <laughs> it's not Gone Home. The not, not on my radar at all. I know. I've never heard of this, but the Steam reviews are quite positive for it, and Ubisoft's working on a sequel, Grow Up, or something like that. So... Um, I know it doesn't sound amazing, but it actually looks pretty cool. So, <laughs> But I've not been playing that, so I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I will talk about, just to briefly, is I'm playing tons of Heroes of the Storm. Season 1 right, competitive plays out. I'm trying my ass off to get Master in the ranked mode. And the rankings go Bronze, Silver, Gold, Platinum, Diamond, Master. Uh, and then there's Grandmaster for the tops of the tops. I'm not even aiming for that at all. How many Grandmasters are there? I don't know. The, the 500, oh, sorry, it's 500. The top 500 players, I think, are considered Grandmaster. Everyone else is just Master. But I'd be very happy to be Master. I am stuck in Diamond 5 now. Oh, my God. It's been brutal. I promoted to Diamond 5 from Platinum 1 four times. So I got demoted, promoted back up. All the way got up to Diamond 4 and then lost my way down yesterday. It is a tough tough grind to that pinnacle of awesomeness up at the top do you, i know you you hate to hear this but do you think you're just where you should be based on uh, that, your level maybe maybe i mean the whole point is proving it out the thing about team games is you're only as good especially when everyone's pretty good at a higher skill level you're only as good as the weakest link on your team which i mean i'm not too big to say sometimes it's me but many times it's not it's the guy that goes afk or it's the guy that decides to go 1v5 the entire enemy team 20 minutes into the match, which results in a loss because now we're at a disadvantage, etc., etc. So it's rampant with frustrations because you have to work with random people on the internet to do I, solo queue Hero League. I have a question. Yeah. Um, how, uh, just like to foreshadow some of the stuff I'm going to talk about, I'm in Overwatch competitive mode and regular mode. I've been playing a lot lately, and I'm struck by the amount of toxicity there is and oh, people yeah. in insulting people and and getting on people's cases and all this sort of stuff. So, but I'm not at like a high level of of competition. So now you're like up there where people have a lot on the line with each match. It's like they work their asses off to get to this sort of high level. So my question for you is, how toxic is it? It's not too bad. Only occasionally is it toxic. I hear horror stories about the toxicity, you know, in in the lower leagues, the the bronze, the bronze leagues, the silver leagues. Every now and then you get a jerk, but for the most part, it's not that bad. People, 
It's Lord of the Flies. Everyone's friends. Everyone's quiet or they're friendly until things start going bad. And yeah. then you might have that one guy who wants to vote someone for, you know, to be eaten, to be cannibalized. <laughs> it's like that guy is causing us not to survive and not to win. He's an idiot. And everyone joined me in saying he's an idiot. But for the most part, it's not too, too bad. What's more tilting for me is just, it's like I'm frustrated but I'm not a toxic player, so you've got to be polite and sportsmanlike and say, yeah. good game, everyone. Fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, you got to behave. Yeah, no, I know. I get I get that. It's funny because um, – so I'm playing – I've been playing a lot of Overwatch, and they – I don't know if they instituted co- competitive since the last time we did the show. Maybe I yeah, talked I about it on, uh-huh. on the last episode. Um, but uh, – but yeah, the the big thing I've noticed is it split the player base. So you've got um, you've got like really casual on quick play now, and you've mm-hmm. got really competitive in the rank ranking mode. And so ranking mode isn't fun because people are are, are toxic, and quick play is kind of less fun because people don't take it seriously enough. Except for one douchebag per game in quick play, because I've only been playing quick play because I can't take all the toxicity in ranked. Is it that bad? And, I well, I, uh, maybe I'm just conflict sensitive. Wait, but like, is it toxicity in voice comms or even just in the chatty chat? It's in chat. It's, I, I maybe I've disabled voice comm. No one's ever talking, right. but it's always some guy who's getting on some other guy, or or, you might or have just to disable like, it in ranked. <laughs> you know? What you might have to disable it in ranked then, like a the chat. chat. Yeah, I think you can turn that off. I mean, like I every once in a while, people are are ma- making out plans and stuff like that, and you uh-huh. want to know what's going on and 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 try to work as a team. That's part of the fun, but. But uh, more often you have some guy who's who's just like blaming someone else, telling them to switch off heroes while not doing it themselves um, or just like just and, – and I bite a little bit because I'll just tell people straight up being like – because I'll go to the defense of people that are being picked on right. and I'll just say I'll, – I'll tell the other guy, I'm like, you need to cool it. You're being very toxic or whatever and, and they'll be like, you know, toxic. I'm not – you know, I'm not – just because I'm telling this guy he's a big fucking loser that in a waste of space and I'm like, yes, that's exactly why <laughs> you're, you're toxic and I'm like, well, you know what? I like to – I like having fun, and having fun means winning, and we're losing, so if that's toxic, then I guess I'm toxic. And I'm like, okay, you're toxic. Um, and, uh, and and so, yeah, people are generally, like, it's part, partly my fault because I have not been on the Internet much lately in this capacity like I have been in Overwatch. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm seeing a lot of it in comp. But what's, what's frustrating is I'm going in quick play, and I'm seeing it a lot there too. In terms of Overwatch and ranked versus quick play, I've been spending a lot more time in quick play, and it feels like most of the people are cool and stuff, but then there's one dick pretty much per game, it feels like, like lately, and uh, who thinks he's in comp, and uh, and he's getting on people and all that sort of stuff. I'm not sure why the environment's becoming more toxic. I Maybe it's just because I've been playing more. Maybe it's because um, the, after a game releases, like it it's now whittling down to some of the hardcores. A lot of people have probably left, but 
anyway, it's just not. It's that's the one thing uh, I, I like. A lot of people, I like the I like the game, but there's a lot of people that complain, and I feel bad about playing heroes now. Like I feel like I I just if it was up to me, I would just want to play the same three heroes all the time. But sometimes I just feel like I can't play those heroes even in quick play. I've got to be some other role that I hate to be, you know, or yeah. that is kind of crappy. Yeah. Well, that's like, I think if you get into ranked, team, team play is a tough thing in that game. Although apparently in ranked, you can't double up on heroes now. Isn't that a change they made? Yeah, uh, or they're going to make. I don't think that's been, see, maybe as soon as Anna comes in, I think that's going to happen. Yeah, see, I think in ranked it makes sense because you're playing competitively for people, especially with that rule. Go in there knowing that you're not going to get to play what you want to play. You're going to play what you have to play to do the teamwork thing. I think that's the idea. Yeah. Um, and then there's quick match for just, I'll play what I want, and if you're going to tell me to play something else, well, you can go F yourself. <laughs> like, that's, not, that's not what I'm doing here. So you have an outlet for both, I guess, if that makes sense. Because like, I don't always want to play support and heroes, but I will play supports if I have to, if that's just the way it goes, and that's my position in the draft. Yeah, people don't like playing support for some reason, which is annoying to me because I actually kind of like like Lucio is one of my top three, and so I end up support and I play Mercy. Supports and Overwatch are way more fun than supporting yeah. and, and heroes. Oh, I you know I can believe it. It's just anyway, it's uh, I it's always vacant, and then I'm like, oh, okay, I'll switch out of the character I want to play because I'm more offensively minded. Right. Anyway, I just all, all to say, it's still the game I'm playing the most of. Yeah. Played other games this past week, though. Um, Pokemon Go, we're going to talk about it in a second. But uh, I play so I I got followed for over Christmas. I finally installed it. I was looking forward to digging my teeth into a big single-player game. We talked <laughs> about this before. Out, take it out of context. We talked about this before in The Witcher and, and how I compare everything to it and all that in a yeah. previous episode. And I, I haven't necessarily quit Fallout 4 completely yet. I haven't played much of it, though. Um, and I just feel like, I don't know, it's just not not doing it for me. Like, it, first off, it's super buggy. Second off, Still? all the... at Pardon? Still? Yeah, like, I mean, it's I haven't... It's been out downloaded. for a while. There's no patch for it or anything to fix bugs. Shouldn't it auto download those oh, yeah, things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should. There should be a launcher and yeah, Steam. It's in Steam. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, uh, there's a lot of bugs. There's also a lot of um, jankiness. There's a lot of added features from previous fallouts that I don't care about. Um, that some people will love, but like the base building and stuff is just like I've seen this in other types of games, and it's just like kind of really. Basically, like it's kind of fillery. Basically, it's like, total filler, and like, uh, it's total filler. It may, it's for but, the people but, there are, and those people who want to play Bethesda games for a thousand hours, they're out there, and that's fine. Oh, oh no, I know, yeah. I know for sure it is. And I used to be like, I was really into these these games, but I, I recognized that I never, like, I never finished Skyrim, I never finished Fallout Three, I never played New Vegas, um, and I, I recognize now that there's something. That, that they don't have that The Witcher 3 had in, in part of its magical pixie dust that I can't even define. But but another part of it is 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 just like those games were at one point that they matured with me and now I feel like not that I'm not that I've outgrown the games because they're still very they have mature content, they have good jokes, they have a, there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. They're still yeah. well made. 
it's just I. It seems I feel like, like I, they paid more attention to the narrative through line of everything. From what I'm hearing, that the side quests are even sort of involving kind of quests and not just you know, since Skyrim it's kind of like some of them are just like just travel to this town, talk to an NPC, and the quest is resolved. Like they're not. There are some good side quests, but they don't sound as involving narratively as say uh, the ones in The Witcher. The other thing is that the like this is the more I think about it, the more I think that one of the key issues to me, for me personally, may be the world. And I like I like the concept of nineteen fifties B movie sci fi, mm. um, and I really think like as an indie game or something like that, it's it it is kind of cool. Uh, I liked it as for the Fallout Shelter game, like all the look, it was cool. I like that, but but. I just feel like if this if you gave me the exact same game pretty much except you said it in the cyberpunk future of Deus Ex mm-hmm. like if if Deus Ex had the scope and and the detail and the quests and like you're going around these futuristic cities and you're finding all this stuff and and getting all these quests from different people I would be much much more into it than the 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 post-apocalyptic sort of 1950s tropey style, which I really liked back in the day with Fallout, but I just feel like unlike fantasy RPGs like Skyrim that are kind of timeless, Tolkien-esque, Fallout feels like, I'm like, okay, I've seen this joke before, this caught-out-of-time Cold War thing that wants to be jokey and serious and all that. Look, I'm shooting on Fallout here, but I bear, I haven't really played it enough, and I know there's tons of good work that's gone into it, and I haven't said I, I, I'm quitting on it, and who knows, maybe I'll get over the hump like hmm. you do when you're reading a novel, and I'll, I'll next week I could be like, oh, yeah. my God, Mo, Fallout 4, it's so amazing. <laughs> but it hasn't happened yet. You haven't had that I'm, moment yet. Maybe you got to let no. it happen to you. And I'm almost ready to write it off and to move mm-hmm. on to something else because you gotta. You only have so much time, and it's like, what's fun for you? You know, like so. Uh, and speaking Ooh. of only having so much time, though, let's stop. Let's stop there on the Pokemon or on the Fallout train. Let's move on to the Pokemon train. Let's just abruptly okay. cut off the Fallout conversation. Be like, you know what? Let's have a little Fallout in the conversation. All right, my attempts at puns are horrible. Um, yeah, so you played some Pokemon. You played some Fallout. Played some Overwatch. I think it's time. To crack open the Pokemon wine. Do you want to? Do you want to drink it? Sure. You're making a lot of analogies here. I'm confused. All right. Tee up the dialogue tree, my friend. Okay. We're going to talk about a topic, and it's going to be predetermined. Uh, it's a topic that Bo and I discussed before the show, but we can only discuss it and reveal what it is after the dialogue tree is cut down. That's the dialogue tree being cut down. Now that there's one fine dialogue tree. Yeah, so usually we spin out on what we've been playing and swing into the dialogue tree. But it's literally what we're going to talk about today is a game that I know you've been playing and that I played a little bit. Yes, I played it as well, Croft, and I'm going to have things to say. Before before we talk about it, I want to I give you some credit because you were actually... Um, I might have even been the last episode before it was released in the states or Canada. You mentioned, I think we went through our list of of games being released this year, and you mentioned how you had an interest in Pokemon Go, and and you, if I was into it, and I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, Bo, you're fucking crazy. But <laughs> but but now, in hindsight, you look like some sort of crazy genius. It's sweep the sweep the world. 
Well, I had a. I can't. I don't remember that either. So I'm not gonna. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, and I'll take the credit. But I, I, I just remember. remember when it came out and it was super popular. I'm like, I can't believe Bo said he was looking forward to this. I, I don't even understand how he knew this. You know. So, so let's let's review here. Pokemon. I mean, everyone knows what it is. Everyone's mom knows what it is. It's pocket monsters, collectible pocket monsters. It's like the pinnacle brand it's not like there's the only type of company that does a game of this nature but it is a definitive brand it's internationally recognized in the video game space and cartoons and toys too and in your face digimon even even like trading card games like everyone knows pokemon so finally the niantic the company i think that they're the pokemon company i don't know whatever whoever's responsible for pokemon this isn't some outsourced piece of crap well it is the a piece pokemon of crap software, company but, is responsible for pokemon this has a long backbone and they've released pokemon go and i made an analogy I, I put out my review on twitter today and and here's essentially what it is it's an mmorpg except there's no sitting and the graphics suck <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of it is effectively the same. You travel the world. You literally get up out of your house and you go to stores. You go to quest hubs. You collect gear, a.k.a. Pokemon. But you, And you have chat rooms, you know, in the zones. It's real life chat rooms. The kind that you have when you go out and talk to people who are also collecting Pokemon. Bo, I have a question. Yeah. What level are you? Uh, two. I literally just installed it today. Okay, see, this is. I may have oversold my, the fact that I, I have played this game. This is my, my point. I'm level four yeah. and a half. Right. Now, for those of you who don't play Pokemon Go, we're, we're noobs, I believe. <laughs> you have to be level five <laughs> before, before you can even go to the gyms. Right. Like, all, I, all I've literally done is checked in at Pokestops and thrown Pokeballs at wild Pokemon. But my Pokemon have never fought because you can only fight when you go to a gym, which is like a, a, a bigger landmark generally in your area. Sorry, people who live in rural country. Yeah. Um, and, and so I have not even got to that. I'm very close to getting to that point. But what I find so interesting here, Bo, is what are you, do, what are you doing? What? Oh, oops. Sorry. I'm listening. I'm just checking out a poke thing. I don't know. Just turn it off here. Just <laughs> cut the crack. Okay. Cut the so crack. This, this, is, this is what I find so interesting. Bo? Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> okay. Okay. Over here. Yeah. Um, this is what I find so interesting is that that game, you started up, man, and it is super unclear what you need to do. Oh, like, yeah. Like, the, t- the tutorial sucks. And, like, Everybody's playing this game, and I've been playing it for like a day pretty regularly, and I still haven't uh, got to the point where I can go to a Pokemon gym. Bo, yeah. what are you looking at? I'm looking at you, dude. <laughs> Look over here. You're, well, you're almost at there at Pokemon Gym Town. You're, you're, yeah, no, I am almost there. But, but what I'm saying is, is that how is it that so many people have managed to get by this barrier of entry, which is like you have no idea what the fuck is going on? Like, I understand there's a lot of people that are nostalgic for Pokemon. I do, and these are all Gen ones. Bo, you're a Transformer nut. Yeah, yep. it'd be like you know Gen one Transformers. These are the first ones. There's a ton of Pokemon since, and Pokemon had a moment in the late '90s where it was like the shit. 
And this is like capturing all those people. But it's still, it's a ridiculous, like it's higher than the simultaneous users of Twitter. It has no tutorial. It's hard to get into. And you have to play it for a sizable amount of time before you're even able to go to Pokemon gyms. I just am baffled by its success. I don't understand. I think it's because you have to go out and hunt things. I, 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 have, I have a theory behind this. and this is sort Aren't of, there other games this, like that, though? Yeah, but this is... No, I don't think to this degree. I don't think there are other games that ask you to collect, but require you to go out in the world to collect it and have a prize worth doing. So it isn't just a scavenger hunt because it isn't just about getting Pokemon. It's literally about... Think about Planetside. You know how, like... We needed to retain control of Forceral because it was a home continent. And if the Vanu or the new conglomerate came in, we'd have to rush to defend it. Well, if I'm not mistaken, it's the stops or the gyms that are under control of one of the three factions. Yes. So there's a reason to go out and participate in the active world that is rewarding in that sense. It's a community reason, right? It's a it's a social interaction. It's PvP reason. Like, there there is a larger gaming structure... That pe- people are into. And I was like listening. I can't remember what show it was. But there was a young man who had written in or something. It was on a podcast somewhere. Who's like there's a school with a poke gym. But the kids always make it. I don't know. Team Mystic or something like that. And he's a Valor guy. So he gets up at 3 in the morning. To go convert the gym to his control. And then during the day he goes and pones the kids. <laughs> to poke and just holds up the control. <laughs> and you know it's pretty lame but at the same time it's kind of funny it's this thing that those people find important that they're actively engaging in whereas i don't know scavenger hunts free app you know is like a pile of shit or whatever on ios uh, the pokemon you know people like pokemon well there's people around around where we live that do this like G- uh, GPS geocaching hunting thing or whatever yeah. Uh, yeah. Where, they, where, where they run around they, this is before Pokemon Go which is essentially the same thing except now it's throughout the city they, they've not I don't even understand how they do this because like at first I thought they just drew from Google Maps but there is like I work in a giant government complex uh-huh. and there are Pokestops inside of the complex that are sculptures inside of the building so like it's like where would Google get those photos? You know, like, I don't understand. Isn't it, I have to imagine, because I saw that too. There's a mural in my neighborhood. Yeah. And I've only checked it on my phone from my house. I don't, all right, guys, shocking admission. I don't have a data plan. So I have to be on a Wi-Fi network to use anything, which leaves me pretty much out of the Pokemon Go experience for the most part. I but, have a question. But there's can a. You, can you check them? For, is there a stop that you can check from your house without leaving? Uh, no, it was a place where they gave me Pokeballs. Like, I don't hey, think yeah. it's a stop. It was just that's, like a. It was a cache. Yeah, that's what a Poke stop is. Oh, okay. So there, there was one. And I can got. You, can you hit it without leaving your apartment? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, oh that is the so money, wait, dude. There's vegetable marble hydrant. I don't know who put that in here because there's sculpture okay. hydrants in our neighborhood. Yeah. So, uh, really? Like, I was like, okay. But uh, you can hit that one from your, and your so, house? Yeah, and there's a family mural. Do you know of a family mural near my place? I can't even think of what wall it's on. But apparently right on our build, my, my building or the building next to me, there is a mural. Yeah. It's right on my side. I don't remember ever seeing it. Can you hit it? Yeah, I hit it, and it's a it's like a stop. Because, like, every five minutes Look, or something like that, here. you Every five minutes, Kinda. I can't see that. 
every five minutes you no. you can hit them again. Okay, you can hit the stops again or something like that. It's I think it's five minutes, oh, ten yeah, minutes I got maybe. Some more pokeballs, sweet. Yeah, I that's got a what free you do. Supply of pokeballs in my in my apartment. Yeah, so you're lucky. Okay. Okay. Because I have to walk like a sucker to get to hit any stops, poke stops, which most people do. I'll be honest, most people have to. Yeah. You live on a major thoroughfare. If you look, there's a ton of poke stops on your. On, you could just walk up the street and probably like hit six of them. So I have to walk like a block away, which isn't far by most most standards, okay. to hit two to hit two poke stops, and <laughs> um, and. I will tell you how involving this, this game is. Awesome. I love talking about this. Stuff. So I, I bike to I bike to work, and um, oh my god, you're going to be so late for work now. Well, this is it. It added 15 minutes to my commute this morning <laughs> because I stopped at like five different places, and on the way back, I tried to bike. It says there's this warning when you start Pokemon Go, and it says like, please be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. And I laughed at that, and I laughed at all these articles about stupid idiots that that you know run into things while playing Pokemon Go. So I left on my bike. I forgot to connect my helmet because I was so involved in hitting the next Poke stop. Then, then when I stopped, I was like, "Oh shit, I didn't do that." So I was so absent-minded because of Pokemon Go, I forgot to properly put on my helmet. And then, and then, um, <laughs> I, when I'm in my neighborhood and it's like I'm on side streets <laughs> and I'm biking really slow, I decide to hold my phone in the other hand to see if I can hit stops oh, no. while I bike. Oh, and no. I almost crashed into a parked car. And oh, it's like, okay, God. I've got to. You, you I have, have to, to stop, do- dude. I have to detach myself. Especially you. You are not a ninja of coordination. No, it's true. And so I'm I'm totally like Pokemon uh Go is immersive in that way because like you hit you hit these these Poke stops and then so those are the ones that give you free shit. And sometimes it'll be Pokeballs, sometimes it'll be eggs. If it's an egg, you can put it in you can gestate it or put it in this like container that, <laughs> right, that you have. Right. And then it, it, it turns into a pedometer. So like there's different types of eggs. There's two oh, kilometer so eggs. Show me that today. He's gotta walk five kilometers to five egg. or ten or bike. That's the trick. Bike, as long as you don't go over 20 kilometers an hour, it thinks you're walking. So anyway, um, uh, you when you're um, w- when you do it, like you'll the egg will hatch and you'll get a Pokemon that way as well. Wow. So so and then there's other items that you can get at Pokestop. So yes, there's a freemium model there, but it kind of takes away paying for some of the stuff. Takes away the fun of hitting these Pokestops. And some of them are informative, like there'll be a photo, a little his, a little lesson of, about something in your area, and you're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. You'll you'll read up on it. So I really like that element of it, but I haven't even got into the whole gym defense, like actual combat part of of Pokemon Go yet. So. I don't know how that will be, but I'm into it. I wonder and if that, we should start our own dojo in our neighborhood. Well, I wonder, if, that, I wonder I if can you create your own location though? No, no, we would have to pick a gym and, and decide that this is our hood and we're going to defend but, that. By gym. the way, what team are we then? Well, we should be on the same team. Yeah, Team Valor, the red guys. They you seem just like tell the, me. It doesn't make any difference. I'll take the team. Yeah, let's go Valor. It seemed like they seem like the buttholes of the universe, so I kind of like the shittiest ones. Well, like the bad guys or whatever. People seem to vilify them a lot, anyway. So nice. I, I feel like it's red color, so pick the red, and it reminds me of the Terran Republic in Planet Side. So I'm all about that. Let's be the horde. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. Like. This is like so. I've been on a pain talk plan. I haven't felt too stressed out about getting a cell phone because I'm like, 
I don't really need the data that much. Like, whatever. I'm, I'm good with my phone, and I got my data and my Wi-Fi spots. I'm fine. Hey, Bo. Yeah? I just realized that I'm looking at the gyms around my house right now. Yeah. They're all red-controlled. Do oh, we want to be red? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to... We, we side with the might. Uh, we don't side with... Uh, we're not some, like, rebel scum. I'm just, I'm just saying, like... Yeah. Well, I guess we'd be on defense... Yeah, exactly. There's they three could... gyms around my house. They're all red controlled. Am I seeing the same gyms? They look kind of far away. That could I be. I don't know what I'm looking at. All right. Well, ha- see, this is more to my point. This actually makes me want to get a data plan. It's disgusting, I know. <laughs> but I'm kind of like, it'd be fun right now to go out and actually do that. And that's where this game has that genius element of being simple enough for everyone to get their head around. So it's not like, hey, it's Warcraft for mobile phones. Go out and pretend to be a night elf. And also, don't forget to dual wield your weapon. And don't forget to do, like, very easy to wrap your head around, yet communal and video game oriented. Really interesting. Really neat and really interesting thing they're doing here. I don't know if you agree. I I do agree, and I'm enjoying it. I never played, despite dressing up as Pikachu, I never never really played the original Pokemon. It was kind of like a thing I missed, but I am more familiar with the original 150 Pokemon, and and so I know know kind of like the characters, what what their element is. I know a lot of that stuff. So I don't feel like I'm starting at zero, but also I feel like, that this is that that whole collection element now is what I'm into because I've got a bunch of them and now when it's a new Pokemon I'm like oh this is a new one I don't have this one or whatever but even if you get one that you already own and this was a problem with the original Pokemon game there was really no merit in doing that in the original Pokemon game in this you can use them you can just transfer them to the professor and get uh, extra like candies that allow you to level them up or evolve them and stuff like that. So I mean, there's always a merit to catching a Pokemon. Like if you see it, if you see it out there, I really like it, and I like the idea of like there's talks about stuff like everything from Pokemon Go pub crawls to po- po- Pokemon Go uh, scavenger oh, wow. hunts or Wouldn't that or be parties. A pub crawl. <laughs> yeah, and uh, like the marketing opportunities, you're going to see it, but it's going to be crazy. Like you'll go to McDonald's and it'll be like the Happy Meal comes with a, a lure or something for your poke oh, you know like they're going to start tying this in like crazy businesses are going to want to be poke stops for sure um get a free so, latte or no come for a latte and get a free uh, magic carp yeah yeah exactly or, like, like, there's, there's totally or like you know there's charizards up the hizzy or in just our like Starbucks. a gold edition like you could have pikachu but get maybe the gold pikachu if you buy uh a full uh, suit at Banana Republic. <laughs> oh God, that'd be brutal. That's too far. For for <laughs> like, what kids one... gonna go to Banana Republic? No kids one... go. It's all adults that play Pokemon Go. The one issue I I have with it is it's buggy as hell, and and the main the main bug that there's like crash. It's Crash City, and the main crash always happens when you capture a Pokemon. So like it's it, it's it's not all the time, but like and most of the time I'm capturing common Pokemon. But if I was hunting a rare ass Pokemon and I'm about to catch him and the thing crashed and I didn't get him, I would be pissed off and so i i can see i can see that being like the stability of the app and they're encountering tons of server issues that they didn't anticipate because they didn't anticipate it being this popular how would they know know, right it's a what it's a new one-of-a-kind kind kind of app i think like 
and it's it's popular boat like we tr- we've explained multiple times how it's popular but it is popular to a degree that is almost impossible to truly fathom like you would need to see an infographic of like simultaneous users of different things like and compare it like world of warcraft at its its maximum peak maximum peak yeah. is nowhere close to this i believe and, it and i believe it, it it's it's so crazy because like these things were sensations. Angry Birds at its maximum peak. You and know, like has Pokemon had its live action movie yet? No, so that's coming. <laughs> you heard so, it here first. Pikachu well, in the flesh. Well, here you you screen. talked earlier about how this company, the Pokemon company, Nintendo has had Pokemon characters associated with it since they launched. Game Freaks is a company originally developing it, and now there's the Pokemon company makes makes. Um, makes Pokemon-related paraphernalia. It's associated with Nintendo, and Nintendo has a st- stake in that company. So when while, while the, everybody talks about how Nintendo stock went crazy uh, following Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. but that's, that's due to their stake in the company, and it's due to the, yeah. the impact that this could potentially have. But they're releasing... They're releasing Pokemon Go... Uh, po- traditional Pokemon games for the 3DS later this year. If... For instance, those are Nintendo games made with the Pokemon company. If one out of a thousand of the people that are playing Pokemon Go mm-hmm. bought, said, hey, this is pretty cool, I'm going to check out the Nintendo version. One out of a thousand, that's not really that big a conversion rate. But if yeah, they that's did a, that, that's, that's big. They, it would be great. It to would convert be the top more selling. people. You're saying to convert even more because the people already into Pokemon are buying Poke- buying 3ds's. They're playing Pokemon, right? Most of the people playing Pokemon Go are, have been caught up in this wave, and and a lot of them are 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 just like oh, or maybe haven't played a Pokemon game for years and years and years. I could just see like a massive sales spike, and Nintendo has been like trying to like they're. they're Getting into mobile, they're they're launching their new contract uh, console next year. They're struggling, and now all of a sudden they've gone from rags to riches. Both, like this week, Bo, they've had the Pokemon Go, and they've had that. We spent time talking about that Nintendo console. They're they're controlling sort of the video game dialogue right now. Like I know we know we're harder core gamers, so we're we're into the Sony's, the Microsofts, the Blizzards, all that sort of stuff. But right now, the public sphere is back to being everybody's talking Nintendo and Pokemon. So yeah, yeah. It's... So just we talked briefly when we when we put this topic into the dialogue tree was to talk about some of these augmented reality games. And I, I would note that like when I got my Nintendo 3DS. Um, it came with these AR games where you could put these cards on your table and like creatures come out of your table and like there's all sorts of stuff you do. So AR games, augmented reality games have been around for years, but they've never really hooked like this game. And Microsoft has invested heavily in this HoloLens thing. And and when I see Pokemon Go, and I'm not sure if you've heard about the watch that you can buy. You can buy a Pokemon Go watch that works with the app and will, like, vibrate when there's a Pokemon nearby. Or it has some added functionality. Yeah. But, like, if, if the HoloLens tied in with Pokemon Go, and you could walk around, say, outside. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you have to be tethered. But, like, Google Glass, for instance. Sure. If you're walking around and you could see 
Pokemon in the environment, or you could see Pokestops, <laughs> or Pokestops were on your like on your, on your HUD, your virtual you know? light glasses, basically. I think I think that I mean this is just one of many games that could potentially. I it's think the, the gamification of reality. I think the thing that's strong with it is that it doesn't. It doesn't. The novelty is that it's on Google Maps and you walk around and do it, but the collecting is key. The novelty alone isn't enough to get people to play this. It's that it's Pokemon. It's that it's people like leveling, leveling those things up and collecting them and all the actual gamification stuff that works really well. So whatever, whatever, Pokemon's like, a proven formula. Yeah. So whatever sort of earn model there is, it's not going to be, you, you can't just make an AR game and be like, it's AR, everyone play it. Cause people are like, oh, that's interesting. And they leave. What's going to keep people coming back is an engaged way. And the Pokemon makes more sense than say, I don't know, doing world like, oh, there's an orc in that forest. Go fight him. Or what's that zombie run? Was it you that was doing the zombie yeah, run? zombie run. I mean, that, how? That totally was, that was really interesting as well. That was another, it's funny, we were talking about augmented reality games. That was something that That's really got That's augmented reality, to, I think. Yeah, It was for sure. It was a different type because it used audio instead of video and um i i honestly like it really got me into jogging and the reason i stopped doing it was because honestly i i could not keep up with it because it's sure. interval running and when the zombies would attack you you can turn the zombie attacks off and just do the story but there's no point so when the zombies would attack you you had to up your your running speed by 30 percent to escape them mm. and you had to maintain it for a certain amount of time before you would escape them. And if I'm already jogging at a good clip, like I'm practically sp- sprinting and I just found like at the end of those workouts, I just wasn't in the amount of shape required to maintain it. Now I, so I just switched to traditional jogging and the Nike app and yeah. stuff like that. It made but you it feel re- bad about yourself because the zombies would eat you. They never would. I would never let them eat me. Oh. So it it just meant that after the 30, but as soon as the, I escaped, it would be like zombies evaded. As soon as it said that, I would practically pass out on the sidewalk. <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God. And, and then I would be, and then I would walk for a really long time. And if you're walking and the zombies attack, then you just have to go up to a light jog to increase your speed by 30%. But, but if you're jogging to begin with, then you really have to boot it up to escape them. So anyway, it, 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 it was good. It was just too much for for I couldn't control myself because when I would play the game, I would have to escape the zombies, and I would push myself past the limits of what so, I was capable of running. You know, when so, I would really so, pooch so myself out. What are we? What date are we betting on that the first person dies from like sunstroke or exhaustion from catching Pokemon for like forty eight hours straight, walking around all the stops and shit, like? Because pe- you're on the couch you, playing games, you probably fall asleep. And there have been some reports of people who stayed up seven, eight hours and died playing like God knows what, like StarCraft or whatever. But um, are you are you calling the first death due to exhaustion or the first death? Because I will call the first death this week. Oh no, not first death as in like I wasn't paying attention to my phone because that is not game related. Like no, it no, is, it, but it, I'm talking about. You just purely, I cannot put this Pokemon Go game down. I can't stop because it's different. Gaming is like you sit somewhere and you die if you do it too I long. I don't think so. I don't, I don't see an exhaustion thing for happening for a I long time. I don't know. Someone time. passing out on the ground like, 
I stayed up 28 hours playing Pokemon Go. Because the thing about Pokemon Go is that you can hit restaurants and you can hit all these things that you're walking and like you're going to consume food. You're going to do stuff like it's only rest. And then like, what's the worst? You get too tired. You pass out. You're not going to die. I I don't know. I I can't. It'll be sunstroke then. It'll be someone in like a searing weather insisting on being in the sun. When I was biking and I almost hit a car or a parked car, and I was like, I'm one of the smarter people playing this game right now, I feel like, in many ways. And I said, and even I almost did something really stupid. I said, I bet there's going to be people, like, just, you know, you're walking. Because I, I, I admit, in walking in my office building, sometimes I'd be just looking at my phone and be like, where, where's the Pokestop? And I'm just walking and I'm looking at it. It's like looking at a map and not looking in front of me. And people are going to be doing that all the time. They're going to walk across the street. They're going to get hit by a car. Oh. I guarantee somebody's going to get killed playing Pokemon Go. And the news will have a field day with it. And it'll be more popular than ever after the news story. Because sometimes those things don't scare people. people out. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe it, not. This has reached a level of popularity I it was, it's so popular that two older women who've probably never played barely a video game in their life got in the elevator with me at the end of work. I don't know them. I was just eavesdropping on their very listenable conversation. And they're like, well, back in my day, we used to get pine cones and make jam. And now the kids, they want to find imaginary Pokemans out there and do the thing and I think that's weird, but maybe we were weird for making pine cone jam. <laughs> and I was like, what? "What? Why are they talking about Pokemon? <laughs> like, how? Like, what is this? Me- like, they're not like, man, that new Doom game, pretty gross. Like, they'll never talk about it. But somehow, every family is impacted by someone they know, probably a young person, um, but maybe an older person, playing it and saying hey have you heard about this pokemon it's insane the phenomenon in the psych in the zeitgeist of our gamer minds and even non-gamer minds what this means i've been teasing people all day at work there's a lot of non-gamers there who don't understand it i'm like oh did you guys download pokemon go you should definitely download and go catch them all it'll be fun you should do well it. see i was talking about <laughs> like i'm i'm a manager at my work now and like everybody i was in a meeting today and everybody's so serious all the time and yeah, they're talking about fairly serious things, but I was just like, you know, I was leaving the meeting and I was like, sorry guys, gotta go, gotta go catch them all, gotta catch me some Pokemon or whatever. And uh, and, and people are like, it's funny because there's different reactions, but, but some people are uh, fascinated by this at a level that even if they're not involved, it's blown past what they're able to deny is like being just for kids. One person said, isn't that just for kids to me one time today? And I said, yeah, it's for all the kids with smartphones. I'm like, that's a pretty, that's a pretty small demographic. It's for 30 some adults and 20 some, you know, like that's, that's essentially the people who are, who are playing this, who are playing this right now. And uh, I think, I think the older generation are just befuddled because we already have nostalgia for this time where video games were first starting. And I think, like, I come back to this, us being the original gamer generation, uh, Pokemon was a huge part of, like, somebody who's 30 now, um, I, I guarantee you, like, I'm 36, so I was just a little bit, I was almost too old for Pokemon when it was happening, but it def or too old for their target demographic, that is. Yeah. But, but for a lot of people, like, 
it's it's a huge huge thing you know like you talk so nostalgically about transformers and different things and i have my things as well uh but but pokemon for a lot of people is is that thing so no not for the amount that they have though they've gone well beyond nostalgia i don't even know how they've done that but all right well um I don't know that I have much more to add other than to say this is one. This is probably the pinnacle example of, of an AR-type game really sort of interesting me because I saw the Minecraft thing and it looked cool with the HoloLens, but I'm not sold on it. But definitely find this enticing. I'm looking forward to trying it out more. May even get a data plan. Yeah, we'll talk about Pokemon. it more. Yeah. In in the next episode, like I feel badly because we're we can't really go too deep into it because neither of us are even at the point where we're fighting with our Pokemon or whatever. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like we'll we'll see we'll next time. We'll get maybe there. maybe you'll just have been like, okay, this was fun, but I'm done. I have a feeling I'll be Could into be. it for a while because it it adds a little bit of flavor. Like it, I said, the gamification of reality it adds a little bit of flavor to things like my commute to work to. Like going down to grab a coffee at lunch. Yeah. Like when I go when I go down to grab a coffee now, I walk by a Poke Stop, and I, I so now I'm like, oh, gonna gotta hit this while I'm down here, you know, or whatever. So, yeah. get me get me some sweet Poke Balls, Bo. Love, <laughs> yeah, love I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have nothing but Poke Balls in my account because that's all I'm gonna do is log in, collect Poke Balls, and log out. Trust me, man. You get one of those Zubats that's bouncing around the screen, and you're trying to fucking hit him with a Poke Ball. Can it can take? Uh, you can use those Pokeballs pretty fast. I use like twenty trying to catch this stupid Pokemon. Oh wow! All right, I'm well, getting better. I'm getting better. Yeah. Dude. Okay. Well, I didn't know that. I guess the one I had had a small circle on it. It was a. I don't remember what it was called. Caterpie. Pidgey. <laughs> no. What? Uh, douchey douche. I don't know. Wait. All right. Hang on. I've only got two, so it's in my Pokedex. One second. Oh, it's number ninety-seven. Hypno. Do you know yeah, that, that's not that's not bad. Hypnos aren't that bad, but like he's probably not bouncing around a lot. What's an evolution? He's number ninety-seven. Doesn't that make him like the rarest one? No. Oh. Um, he, he, so Pokemon evolve like there's there's their base. Um, their base sort of like level, and then you can you can evolve them. So, for example, um, uh, Char- what is it? Uh, Charmander is the base level, and then Char- Charizard is the highest level. There's three. There's two evolutions in that chain. Uh. So your guy, your Pokemon can evolve twice. So you can you can catch Pokemon, and this is one of the things that you have to deal with. You can choose to upgrade your Pokemon, yeah. but soon as they're able to evolve, if you if you pay to evolve them, you lose like all those upgrades. I think that you did. So oh. you sometimes want to just sit on one instead of investing in 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 a low level. You you want to wait to evolve it. But I looked at the evolve cat. Uh, um, cost and it's pretty uh pretty expensive. Oh, I think I might have evolved this hypno from something else. There's no way you could have evolved the hypno because it would have cost it would have it well, would have cost the, the you evolution much. change has something a black silhouette and then the arrow showing to hypno, which is what I have. I guess I caught a hypno. Yeah, it's maybe a hypno is that a second cuz you could catch a higher evolution of something. Yeah, it's a I don't know tier. enough about Pokémon. It's a second stage evolution in a two-step chain, so is it? Yeah. Who's pre- it, oh, it evolves from drowsy. Dude, I have a bunch of drowsies. <laughs> well, screw your drowsies. I got a hypno. You, 
There's like oh, a god damn it. Yeah, I think this is a rare one, dude. Hip- god, as if you got that sitting in your apartment. <laughs> Within like 10 minutes, it was the second Pokemon I caught. I've only caught two. I caught a Bulbasaur and a Hypno. God damn it. Well, some kids have all the luck. All right, well, that's been our Pokemon session. AR, we're excited for the future of it. Let's move on to the next section. It's called something. Crofton knows and I don't. It's called, um, this is a funny thing, Bo. <laughs> you're you're going to laugh at this because it's the section we do every week. It's called Inventory Management, <laughs> where we answer the question, spend your cash or vendor trash? Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. All right. I actually knew what it was, but I had a brain fart. So I was, ta- I was throwing the ball to you, Croft, in the field time. Uh, I hear it is that. inventory management. And we're going to do something a little different today. In celebration of classicness, we're going to recommend some classic games. And I'm going to go ahead and recommend my favorite. It may not be objectively the best Nintendo classic game, but I don't care. I freaking love Kid Icarus. I love that it was a vertical platformer, even though some of the levels were horizontal. But I loved the vertical nature of it. It was very cool, very challenging for my young hands. And um, I just think fondly of it. So I'm going to recommend Kid Icarus. And it kind of, there's never been a game like it for me, to be honest. It's a one of a kind kind of game. Even though it's kind of a sissy game. Like, you're a little boy with angels. Like, when you think about it, it's kind of whack. But, but still, it's a good game. So. It's also interesting how like Nintendo's done a Kid Icarus game on the Nintendo 3DS, uh, but they really have not like for a company that's known to you know franchise the crap out of things. They, that's a Nintendo game, like it's a, an in-house Nintendo game, yeah, like Donkey and they, Kong or Mario or Wario or whatever. Yeah, but there's not a zillion Kid Kid, kid uh, Icaruses. Like it feels like they could have made well more. I think I think Kid Icarus, the gameplay of Kid Icarus was very much based on like the trappings of its times. Where if you take that game and make it a cooler game, you just pick a cooler narrative and make a different thing. Like it was the vertical platforming that made it unique. That it was the jumping platform puzzles that were very cool. And I never saw a game quite like that. So, so, and I think that from a 3D environment, I don't know. Mario just did it right, like Mario 64 and other games. Um, all those other platformer games that came after, countless ones. That 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 the need for the Icarus style of game, the mechanics of it, just never panned out for people. Uh, it's funny. I'll honestly admit that I've never played King Kid Icarus at all in my life. That's one of those. Well, you uh, probably play it now and. I don't know. I'm recommending it, so I shouldn't say you probably play it now and think it sucked because I'm recommending it. But I don't, I don't su- know. Like I'm, I'm able to see what the sort of appeals were of those games at that time. Generally, you know, like mm. I, I consider myself good at that sort of stuff. But. Yeah. Well, it was a very challenging platformer. Well, in the spirit of talking about original Nintendo uh, games, I am going to pick. For my original Nintendo recommendation, Super Mario Brothers 3. And I know that it sounds like a cop-out because everybody likes Super Mario Brothers 3. There's a reason I, I chose it uh, is that I actually bought it for the virtual console on my Nintendo 3DS. Mm-hmm. And I've I've been playing it. Like, I, I have played it. I may have even mentioned it on the show before. And, and uh, you know how... 
how like games come out at the beginning, middle, and end of a console cycle, and like we look at games like The Last of Us and we compare it to the beginning of that video game cycle, sure. um, and, and you see a tremendous evolution throughout a, a, a cycle. Well, Mario Brothers Three is essentially the tail end of the the Nintendo Entertainment System, and you compare it to, to even Mario Brothers One. And you look at it, and it's like it's one of the biggest jumps that I can think of in a console generation, and and um, it, on the same on the same hardware, and just like all the elements that it adds, like I still think, I know that my my vision is colored by nostalgia, but I still think that Mario Three holds up as a platformer to many of the things that are released today. Like, I mean, I, I think that you could play Mario 3, like, graphically, obviously not as impressive, but, like, mechanically, how it feels, how the jumping feels, how the Tanuki suit or how the raccoon suit feels, the exact flight mechanics and how, like, you know, everything just, it felt tight, you know? It felt tight. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of extra secret stuff, a lot of little mini games. It was the first to introduce an overworld-type map. Um which they took up again in Super Mario World and such. I just thought that that it that it was like if I had to say what was the best game on the original Nintendo, I think that I would. If you press me, uh, I would probably say Super Mario Brothers Three, um, and uh, and and definitely if I had that. Nintendo that we talked about and I plugged it in, it would be possibly the first game I would start. I'd be like, oh, let me see how Mario 3 looks on this. Oh, Mario. Super Mario 3 was legendary because it literally was built on the same machine that played Super Mario Bros. Like, the difference between the two, graphically speaking, and in our our minds, technologically speaking, is, like, insane, right? It is. Like It's really crazy. is, is, Is... you don't really even see that on consoles now. You don't see a game and go, wow, I can't believe this game was built for the same generation of console. Just because we flattened. That game was worlds apart in sophistication, art style, everything on the same generation. So Super Mario Bros. 3 was quite the event to play at the time. It looked It was amazing. an event too because they had it in that movie. You remember? The Wizard with Fred oh, Savage. the wizard, that's right, yeah. Was that the it, game he was competing to play? Or? Yeah, 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 and it hadn't been released at the time. It hadn't been released. And and everybody was jonesing to play, oh, Mario 3 and all this. And Mario 2 is, there's a big story around Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 2, but the idea, the big thing is that it was not a Mario game. It was, a, it was another game in Japan or something, and they, they, they put... Mario characters into it. They just put like, yeah. you know, yeah. they just, and they created Toad for it because they didn't have enough Mario characters or whatever, but they just put sprites, they replaced existing content. So it was, it, when it was conceived, it was not conceived of a, as a Mario game. Not to say it's a bad game by any means, but Mario Brothers 3 was the first sequel essentially to Super Mario Brothers, which was a, a phenomenon where they're like, okay, let's take this game. And if there was what, what's what's a sequel to it? I, I just feel like, like you said, it's it's so much more than what uh, Mario Brothers was. And I think that like most amazingly to me is it's a game that I feel stands the test of time, and that people could play today and be like I could give that to Gwen and I when when she's old enough, and I could see her being like, 
oh, this is pretty fun. You know, I could see her being into it right away. Whereas if I gave her some of the other games, mm-hmm. like I like I love I like Double Dragon beat 'em up games, but I could see a kid playing Double Dragon today being like, this is sucks. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. this game's yeah. garbage. I'm like, and I'd be like, yeah, I could see why you'd say that. Yeah. But but Mario three, I I think it's tight. All right. Well, there you go. You got our classic recommendations, and you go and buy that Nintendo Classic machine. Those are the games you should try first. Also, Ninja Gaiden gets an honorable mention from me. But you'll you'll know where to start. So, if you guys want to let us know what you think uh, should be the first game that you start when you play this new this new old Nintendo, um, send us an email: exmpodcast at gmail or you can uh, tweet at us on the Twitter at exmpodcast. EXMPodcast.com is our website. If you go there, you can find all the old episodes um, and uh, see our smiling faces. Our videos are there as well, although those videos are also available on twitch.tv slash EXMPodcast. We invite you to follow us on Twitter so that you know when we're going live and you can come join us. We like chatting with people after the show. Always a good time. Uh, facebook.com slash exm podcast throw your likes at us we want you to like our show to validate our fragile feelings um and uh and if you do like the show and of course you do because you made it this far um then you will like our sister show we're t- I'm talking about good bad or bullshit uh we do that with our dumb friend mike hodgins um he <laughs> he uh he and Bo. <laughs> that's not nice <laughs> oh no, he's he can't defend himself, so it's fair. Um goodbadbull.com is where you can go to find all episodes of that. We draw a random topic every week. We discuss it. It's not video game related, but uh, it's always a fun fun discussion. Sure. And uh Bo and I are both individuals of individual natures and you can follow us individually on the internet, Bo. Sure can. You can find me at Bo Schwartz where I tweet out all kinds of garbage like uh you know this show and the good batter bullshit show and the core hero show and you know I do some random YouTube videos about heroes this time. All that stuff you can locate on the Twitter at Bo Schwartz. Bo's a bit of a Heroes of the Storm savant, so if you like that, you should definitely I'm, follow him. Uh, 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 oh, quick aside, I'm at 4,600-some-odd games of the game played. That sounds like a lot. It's a lot of games. Play a lot um, of Heroes. I'm, uh... Does that, yeah, you were in the beta of that. Does that count out? Yeah, I bought into the beta, so not the full beta, but the buy-in point. About a yeah. year, year and a half now, I think. Okay. Does it count those? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you can follow me at Croft and Steers uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, so before we end this show, we will close it out in the way that we are most familiar with our Master Game Theater quote of the week. It's now time for Master Game Theater. All right, what have we got today, Sir Crofton? Well, continuing, Bo, with our theme of Pokemon-ness, we have a a quote which I'm pretty sure is from the Pokemon anime. And it's it's 
very uh, familiar dialogue between protagonist Ash, the main Pokemon trainer, and his uh, subservient Pokemon of choice. I'm talking, of course, about Pikachu. Um, so, Bo, in this in this case, we require two high pitched uh, people. That generally tends to be me. But uh, in between a 10-year-old child and a Pikachu, I think Pikachu requires the higher pitch. So I will take Pikachu, and you can take Ash. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Thanks for listening, listeners. Let's catch you Thank on the you. next one. Thank you, everybody. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Pika! Pikachu, I choose you! Pika, Pika, Pika! Pika! Show. For your Austin, love. It was a good show. Yeah, for oh, your love. 